You're listening to the Just Jazz and Co podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of ambitious careers with me, Just Jazz, and many guests. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and R&B. I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yep, you heard me. Desire, no shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Just Jazz and Co podcast. This week, I'm so excited to have a special guest again. And before I even say her name, we have known each other for what is now years. Been in this career, personal development space, connected through her community, but also stayed connected, um, both as just like individuals. So I, I think out of all of the guests that you will hear on this season, this is probably the most overdue, like I need to sit down and have a conversation with you, not just in real life, but mm-hmm. on the show. So I'm excited to have Mary Agbasanwa today. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jazz. And yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you've just shared. I was like, when you asked me, I was like, wait, have we not done one? Because we definitely... <laughs> Should have done a podcast a long time ago and it took us I guess half an hour just to get into the flow of actually recording because there's so much to catch up on otherwise so yeah it's good to be on. Yeah I'm so glad to have you. Can you just introduce yourself to our listeners today? Sure so hi everyone Um, my name as just said is Mary Abbasamwa and I would say I'm really passionate about how technology is transforming and democratizing financial services as a whole but particularly wealth management and also supporting millennials particularly female millennials to achieve their full potential. So I started my career in management consulting working there for a few years mostly with banks and fintechs Um, and then now I work at a B2B fintech that's all about helping people invest in the stock market but invest with the long-term perspective in mind so not kind of trading not trying to do that kind of whole forex piece but actually true financial principles about long-term investing which I really really love and I lead the fintech sales team there And then otherwise, they do a whole range of stuff outside of work. But yeah, everything related to democratizing access to tech um, within financial services and also um, community building and women empowerment. Amazing. I love that. I love that about you. And I love, you know, I even remember when you made the transition from consulting into fintech. And it was one of those career shifts that I, I was I witnessed and I was like, no, but it makes sense. Like it makes, it makes a thousand percent sense because even going back, I don't know how many years ago this was now, but we were in, I think it was South Bank. It was an NYT full day event. It was amazing. I was delivering, I think I was delivering a session. You also had Tiwa Lola Ogunlesi in the building. You had Remy Ray in the building. Connections that I still have to this day. And if you want to Google any of these ladies, go ahead and do so. But like, I, I want to put my stake in the ground to say Mary was the connector She's always been a connector in that sense. And when we had that conversation, we were talking about business. We were talking about confidence. We were talking about imposter syndrome. We were talking about all of these things and just gathering as millennials who 
are ready to put in the work to grow our careers and do so mm-hmm. intentionally, right? It wasn't, it wasn't let's come together and get rich quick type situation. It was like, let's come together and uncover who we truly are, our purpose, step into that, you know, try that on for size and step into it and then take those next steps towards whatever that kind of may be. And that's just one of the Now You're Talking Network events that you've hosted over the years. And I think a lot of people don't realise, I think even watching the network, the community, in fact, as much as it's formally called a network, I'm going to describe it as a community because it is that, watching that really come into prominence during the pandemic as well, because it filled a gap that was not being occupied and it was necessary. Mm-hmm. You've been about this life for quite some time. And I've never even heard the origin story of, of NYT Network. So I want to dive in there if that's okay. Yeah, sure thing. Um, and yeah, you really did jog my memory with the uh, side hustle showcase that we had in the South Bank where you were there, mm-hmm. Tiwa was there, Remy was there. That was amazing back in 2019. Um, and I just, yeah, I remember loving the energy and buzz of just being around amazing inspirational speakers and women that wanted to level up personally and professionally as well. But in terms of the inception story of the Now You're Talking Network, it's so interesting because I never actually thought I would start a community or a business. It really came from this pain point that I had, which was um, feeling like being a woman in male-dominated spaces, whether in professional services or tech or financial services, it's not easy. Um, and I guess I knew this theoretically somewhat. So when I was at University of Birmingham, I started the Women in Finance Society in my first year of uni. So I was all like, yes, I think there's something here. I think there's a reason why 70% of my economics course are men and they're applying for the spring weeks and the internships. And the 30% of the course that are women are not applying and saying like, oh, I'm probably not going to get selected. I'm probably everyone back then wanted to do investment banking. So just the women were self-selecting out. And I was like, imagine if we had a society that could plug that gap and just introduce amazing women to these incredible companies and get them loads of opportunities. And so running that society was really fun. Um, literally from my first year of uni till when I left, there was probably a gap that I didn't recognise around community building. But coming into London with money, working in consulting, I was like, oh, let me just enjoying the first few months of life. And then I really started to face those challenges around being a woman in corporate. And I initially just started the Now Talking Network, just putting in 50 of my friends that I knew worked in the city in tech, professional Mm. services, financial services. And we're just all unified by being my friend and also (laughs) being passionate about their kind of personal development and going to events. And I honestly used to go to like events pretty much every night. I think I just like the free food and drinks and like meeting new people. Hello. Hello. I will never say no to Olive and a glass of wine. Honestly, for free as well, most of the time. It's so good. So, yeah, I literally just dumped everyone into a WhatsApp group. And I was like, instead of each person pinging me saying, what event are you going to tonight? I'll just put it into this group and then everyone will see where I'm at. And you can just come with me if you want. And then at first, I was, everyone was like, is this spam? Like, what is going on? Is this the new version of those email threads? Like, it was like, I was just like, guys, let's just try it for six months and see if it works. And then the word kind of spread and organically people were inviting their friends to join. And now I think I've lost track, but we have like seven or eight WhatsApp groups of 
about 200 women in each of them. And yeah, it's all about kind of supporting women to earn more and be more confident, both within their roles, but also thinking about outside of their roles, which is why we're super passionate about side hustles, entrepreneurship and all of that good stuff, because all the stats are there that women are amazing at these things. Um, They're starting businesses that faster rates um, than ever before, but they don't have access to the right opportunities and events and community to get this going. Yeah, it's so huge. And I love the fact that your mission in that is connecting it with confidence, but also the know-how to earn more. Because Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy. And I think, you know, this is what we touched on, I think, before we hit record about me speaking at an event and being on a panel with two other career professionals. Um, and we all, we, we were meant to talk about something completely different, but we all sat down there and was just like, look, we all work in tech by day. And outside of this, we have our businesses come and collect this tech check. Right. And we were talking about tech in general, right. But you can talk about that in relation to some other industries and the biggest opportunity that we see there is not just like a job, but these are spaces where we have story after story of people building generational wealth from their career path. And when we talk about like we sit here as two women of color having this conversation, but a similar thing can be said of women is that when we change financially, we take our communities with us, right? That's regardless of whether you are a parent or not, we take our community with us. And not saying that men are selfish and they don't do the same, but the, the energy's the energy's different, okay? Right? The energy is is totally, totally different, right? And for most of us, we have the mindset that if I've got it, we've all got it, right? Even down to, it's gonna be a fickle example, but you know, if we go to brunch, it's a bit tough for you. Don't worry, hun, I've got you for brunch, right? That's that's how we roll. And that's even what came to mind when you were just like, you know, working in London, in the city, you've got the job, you're earning money, you're living life, you're going out. And it is very much that. And I think there's a huge thing to be said about building the confidence to know that we can earn more, know that we can earn more without some magical potion or like some silver bullet, like it's a trick or it's for other people or whatever it is. And then once we start earning more, then we start to actually feel that wealth um, being something that's attainable. And again, that still requires the confidence and the actual competency, i.e. the vehicles, the platforms, the education, the know-how. And it's a bit of both because even like without touching on the company that you specifically work for, like with many platforms or um spaces that make investing more accessible and more open it's all good and well me saying download this link but you have to have confidence to sign up for it or even you know when i think about especially investing platforms you go for a little bit of survey right they do their due diligence to just ensure like how much do you know how comfortable are you doing da, 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 da. even that takes confidence to do and it's really it's really easy to kind of discount the fact that earning more is the beginning of building wealth we go from earn- believing we can earn more, earning more and going, okay, what can I do with this money now to get it to multiply, to get it to compound? And how can I do that both long-term and short-term? How can I upskill in these different areas so that when people say, Jazz, come and get this tech check and get generational wealth, there's a step one to 10. It's not just like, what is, okay, salary's nice. What do I, how do I, how do I get over there? Like how what is the actual path and what is the roof and uh, the route and it's less demystified um went on a bit of a tangent there but moral of the story yeah confidence as well as the actual tools and the equipment 
I completely agree. And I think it's about addressing those limiting beliefs. That was what I was really thinking about as you were talking. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I just started to see in my own circles and beyond that for a lot of women, the limiting beliefs they had were holding them back in all aspects of their lives, not just financially, but in their careers, in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And those limiting beliefs can be really detrimental. So community could be, can be your catalyst to address those limiting beliefs and see, actually, if she can do it, I can do it too. And you know what? I'm going to ask her how she did it. And then we're going to do it together. Like mm. That's what I've loved seeing in the Nihilist Talking Network. A hundred percent. And I think even the example that you gave, and this shows one of the true powers of community, right? Because a lot of people think community is like, oh, the people that are following me on Instagram and stuff like that. But we're having very different conversations inside these WhatsApp groups that you mentioned, right? We're going, we're, we're making the vulnerable ask, not the sexy ask, not the, yeah. hey folks, look at my portfolio and blah, blah, blah. We're doing the, hey folks, need a job like yesterday, um need flexible hours and a company that isn't going to mistreat me how about that right yeah. we're having the actual conversations or i have a great opportunity does anybody know where i can get a contract template for or stuff like that um and there's an element of vulnerability where yes we're in community seeing the success stories and this is how she did it and i want to find out how but we're also watching ourselves do it we're watching ourselves get at the stage where it's like okay i went for this opportunity <gasps> guys they got back and i got it oh my gosh i've got it now how do i pattern it like how do i structure it oh it's happened yeah. now how do i capitalize on it and just really leaning on the hive mind for both the journey as well as like the pinnacle and i think that can be so powerful without us realizing it again like where you can be in a community and be a lurker and i say this as somebody who is a community professional we love lurkers because there's still mm -hmm. impact being created in you observing there's still impact being created in you being in the room yeah completely agree um community is a hack in and of itself and i think that it can be very beneficial for people i think one thing that was just so glaringly obvious to me working in consulting from day one was just the power of networks and relationships. I saw partners win deals because they went to school with certain people. I saw opportunities um, being offered because of who people were. And at one level is kind of a bit demoralizing because then you're like, oh yeah, it's really true. We don't live in this kind of meritocracy or this just world. But it is really eye-opening to think that um, you can create opportunities out of nothing, which I know is something we're both passionate about. And you can open doors just by who you know and showing up and doing a good job. And I think that's really important for people to hear. And actually, that's what people struggle to do, particularly women, particularly people of colour. Like, we're just always thinking, let me have my head down. Let me just appreciate the fact that I got into this building, that I even have a salary, that I even have a house, that I even have this thing. But actually... You deserve to be there. You've got there. But how are you making sure that you're going to get to the next step by doing all the other things that are never um, urgent, but are really important? So the catch-ups with people, the relationship building, the telling people about opportunities, the sharing research papers that you've done, um, keeping yourself accountable, so all of that good stuff. Yeah, I think that that's so huge. And I think that's one thing that I've always admired you for is you do the work and you share the work and there's no like apologetic 
energy around it there's also not like a boastful energy about it it's like it is what it is I'm speaking here I teach here I'm delivering this workshop I'm doing this thing and I think that becomes such a huge point of your personal brand like even going back to what we were saying at the beginning it's like there's so much for us to catch up on um but I always know where you're at and I think (laughs) in that sense you're a master of personal branding because we all re- we we know what hill you're on today. <laughs> we know what topics you're helping the community with. And I say this as somebody who's both inside the NYT network, community groups, mailing lists, et cetera, but also just observing you from what you share on social media and also how you show up in person. And I always wonder for you, has it always been that way? Has personal branding always come naturally to you? Wow, what a fabulous question. Um... I think going to boarding school was where I really became obsessed with being like a well-rounded person and being involved in a little bit of music and arts and sports and academics because my parents are Nigerian and I couldn't get rid of that side. So so I think I became like a well-rounded, like multi-faceted, multi-interested person from really young. And I've always loved that. Like I did international Mm -hmm. baccalaureate instead of A-levels because I was like, of course, why wouldn't I do six subjects instead of four? Like this, yeah, that would be really fun. (laughs) Um, And then like, I've just always been multi-interested in loads of different things. And I think as a result of that, I've always just wanted to tell people about all the different things that I'm doing. And I've kind of maintained that kind of sharing attitude. And yeah, I I love bringing people into the fold of things that I'm working on and things that I'm working on. Um, And I think, to be honest, I just really started to see really early on that personal branding was such a distinguishing factor. I remember when I was just on Twitter or, yeah, I was on Twitter at the start of my career in consulting and I went to go and work with a fintech and the CEO actually already knew me from like the tweets I used to tweet about in fintech, which is crazy because it's like, at first I was like, wow, there's probably some hilarious tweets in the mix. Of <laughs> Not always about fintech, but I just thought it was amazing because I felt like it was a shortcut to my personality and what I could bring. And I think I could see things like that happening. Like I had a careers blog on Medium really early mm-hmm. on before like every Tom, Dick and Harry started writing on Medium. Yeah. <laughs> and that did really well. And then I was just like, I love this. Like I can basically get my brands to be in so many rooms that I could never be in myself. And it's just like such a, particularly for those of us that might be a bit more shy about self-promotion and you see people doing literally 5% of the stuff you're doing and they're shouting the most. Um, I feel like personal branding and social media has really democratized that landscape for women and for people of color to tell the full story and speak their truth as well. This episode is brought to you courtesy of The Vault, my membership that is the secret weapon for high achievers everywhere. Through our private podcasts, monthly group coaching and intuitive networking, we have a community of folks who get it and are busy go-getting. Go to justjazz.co forward slash vault to join us today. This is the part that we don't often see is that your personal brand can be in the rooms that you won't be in. Mm-hmm. You physically, even if we go back to, you know, you starting out and building your career and going to an event every night, I know that there, because I was living that life also, there were some events where it's like, I cannot physically get from Mayfair 
to the depths of Soho, not even Soho, let's go further, to the depths of Hackney or King's Cross within a two-hour window and actually have some meaningful experiences in both of those rooms. So there's times where you have to choose. And I think we we forget that actually in many ways, these personal branding activities, are you planting seeds that mm-hmm. will grow in a way that you maybe don't expect? They'll grow in locations that you won't even expect, but mm-hmm. they will grow and they are you putting down and kind of planting a garden of your personal brand to kind of continue the metaphor that actually can grow to quite a beautiful thing, even to the point where, you know, even where I see it in my work as a coach, there are people who reach out to me to book corporate workshops. So I'm like, I have no clue how you found me. Honestly. And they're like, I, yeah, I love your content, your stuff. And I'm just like, okay, cool, cool. Haven't posted in like three weeks, but I planted a couple seeds you found something clearly for you to kind of be here. Not only do they find you, they find you for the right thing. Going back to what I said about like, I always know where you're at, right? I'm not going to call you up and be like, so we're going to talk about biopharma today. That's not what I'm talking to Mary about, right? If something FinTech comes up, I'm thinking about Mary or I'm asking, are you going to this conference? Are you going to be at this exhibition or whatever it kind of is? And in that sense, by her showing up, it makes it easy for me to signpost her for opportunities. Like one of the big things that I say is like, make it easy for me to talk about you in rooms that you're not in. Thanks. Like, I I don't want to do the whole thing where it's like, I think it's Mary, but I don't really know. So I won't say it. Like, I want to be that person in the room that goes, I know somebody who'd be perfect for that. I can reach out to Jay and see if she's available and interested. And like you said, I really like what you said about making it easy for people. I always say to people, like, just pick three words that you want to be remembered for. And like, for me, that's Mm. probably like fintech, careers, community building, or maybe women empowerment. But just pick three words or phrases that you know you want people to think about uh, when you're not in the room and make it easy for them Mm. to associate you with certain opportunities or things. I think it's really powerful to do so. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And I definitely associate you with those words for sure. Out the gate, out the gate. But I'm biased. I'm, I met you through that sense. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like I met you like at a restaurant or a friend's birthday party. And No, no. We both met ourselves as our full ambitious selves <laughs> and saw each other in that sense. You touched on something that I think is really interesting. We are recording when we're about to approach Women's History Month. You will be listening to this inside Women's History Month. And and you mentioned women empowerment. And I can almost feel that coming through in terms of your work in fintech, personal finance, the community, everything. Like, what comes up for you around women's empowerment? Like, what's your mission there? What's the importance or, yeah, your mission or the importance for you personally when it comes to empowering women? I think I just see it like, so like I said, I studied economics at university. So I think beyond anything, I just see it as like a missed opportunity. I was reading like the Rose Review um, released last year or released this year about last year and about kind of female entrepreneurship in the UK. And it said if women created businesses at the same rate and same scale as men in the UK, there would be an additional £250 billion in the UK economy which is insane. Like and economically, I just see that as like a mixed opportunity. And I think that's ultimately what the problem that I'm trying to solve. I'm trying to solve that for a lot of women, as we discussed at the beginning of this podcast episode, they're stopping before they've even let themselves fail. Like the limiting belief is actually holding them back, them back so much. And actually, I don't think that's anything wrong with women. I don't think that we, there is something wrong with us. 
I think it's the society that we live in, the marketing messages we receive, the idea that we're not perfect, that we're being told that literally every single day, hour within hour, um, and the cumulative effect that has so that more women are spending time consuming things rather than creating them. And I think that's the problem that I'm trying to solve. And I think a lot of that starts with financial empowerment, which opens the doors for other forms of empowerment, which is what I'm really passionate about. But yeah, I think overall, it's like this wicked problem, which is like, why are we as a society not enabling women to achieve their full potential? And what are we missing mm. out as a result? Yeah, I think that's huge. And those figures, whoo! Wow, a whole billion. I thought you were going to say, nope, you said B. You said B. Yes, there's even crazier ones on the investing side, like the gender investment gender investment gap globally. There's a really interesting report from BNY Mellon that says if women invested at the same rate as men globally, there would be an extra $3.2 trillion assets under management just from private individuals around the world which is crazy it's like like that that is one and a half apple market cap wise that's like there would be a whole nother apple and a half um if women invested at the same rate as men and this is so huge because i think it builds it builds a cycle right and this is a conversation i've had on the podcast with like natalie scott sarah maxwell all of my all my finance wealth coaches can we, it's okay to like money. Because again, going back to my, my, my point on what happens when women start to earn more is we bring the whole community with us. And there's an element of actually my mission, you know, when you hear, okay, things like the fire movement, but also like I'm hearing people saying like, I want to be work optional by 40. And I'm hearing that from the mouths of women. Right. And it's an intentional journey so it's not just I'm not earning more just for the sake of earning more. I'm earning more because if I put this in the market right now, what that represents to me later is something completely different financially, but also for my lifestyle, it means something different. For my family, it means something different. For my passion for traveling, it means something different. And I think it makes you carry yourself differently when you're on a slightly different mission that unashamedly has money attached to it, i.e., you know, even and I think this is something that we can relate to, not even just as women, but as people of color, as um, people who what this is, like heritage wise. UK is not my heritage. Um, I was born here, but there's also that element of you know I want to retire my parent, I want to buy land back home, I want these big seismic things that transform our legacies on this planet and like in our families and in our communities. So when I sit down and I say to somebody, when they ask you what money you want or which part of the range that you want, say the highest range, I'm not saying it for fun. I'm saying it because we know what that represents in terms of that ripple effect. We also know what that means in terms of like, if you come in earning on the lowest bracket, even if you do get a rise, we're still not where we're meant to be. All of the statistics that you mentioned was at the same rate. And my brain just went, but we're not even earning at the same rate yet. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's spaces where it's systemic, right? And again, like going back to what you said about there's so many other factors in it, right? I want to stand here and say women are not broken. We're not broken. We also didn't rock up this way and choose this life. We have been con contorted and like squeezed into this box of like, this is what you should expect from yourself and nothing more. But there is an element of 
not for fun. The game is bigger than we realize. It was the game, the game, quote unquote, was there before we were born. We're coming into it to bring disruption and transformation. And I think none, none of us should underplay our hand in that. And that was something I saw like in the pandemic, I started investing. I was like, how oh, come my little shares in Sainsbury's and in Apple, blah, blah, blah. And I was one of those people that was just like, I don't have enough money to invest. Mm. And I was like, who told me that? Where did I even get that from? Yeah. You know? Or, oh, I can't afford a house. So, like, any other investment doesn't make a difference. It's like, mm, property is one investment vehicle. It's not the be all and end all. So, your £20 a month, your £50 a month, your £100 a month, your roundup that you're doing in your, your, your bank accounts can make such a difference. And we have to start to recognize that and trust that and believe that. Yeah. I think there's a lot, yeah, there's just so many little ways that we opt out. So yeah, we opt out of the roles, the opportunities, but we also opt out of like the knowledge or the insight or just taking the little step or the experiment or the little bit of a risk. Like we'll go and buy the handbag. Yeah. The, yeah like you just, just come to my webinar, come and sit down with Mary and she'll show you how like you invest this here. The handbag will pay for itself. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, and I'm making it sound fantastical, but I'm just saying it just because I was that person who listened to conversations like this and goes, yeah, but I have debt. Yeah, but I'd like, shouldn't I have savings first? Yeah, shouldn't I? This, 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 that. And yes, it's always going to be a deeply personal decision, but I need us to start recognizing that there's a difference between not believing we're allowed it and knowing that we're allowed it and just making a choice. You yeah. make a choice, I'm cool with it. If you if if, it, if we're talking limit in beliefs, then we're gonna have a conversation. Yeah. What is I guess around your mission, around fintech, technology, building communities, women empowerment? What is your I guess message right now? It doesn't need to be like your message of life. Your <laughs> message right now, so we sit here to record for the high achiever. Right. What do you want them to know about the field that you're super passionate about? Honestly, counselors are literally probably everything we've just said over the past half an hour. Um, is actually probably just take it slow. I think I had so much energy and enthusiasm entering into the world of work. I definitely have had like multiple burnouts. And ultimately, that was actually the thing that moved me from consulting to tech. and. Yeah, I just think that life is long, generally. Um, we might want to retire at 40 or 50 or even 55, um, but that's still at least probably 20 years of working. So you don't need to... I think I had this sense of urgency and, like, my work-life balance was really off the scale, like, in terms of there was no balance when I first started working. And consulting is like really not, um, is really enables that as well um, as a whole, as an industry. But yeah, I think my message to the high achievers listening right now is like, like I think the, the root cause of a lot of my like overwork was probably just like people pleasing, wanting to, yeah, people pleasing, anxious overachievement like I need to work harder because I don't want to get caught out because I have this amazing job and one day they're gonna send me a message on Slack and I'm gonna get fired like I think (laughs) 
I feel like now, how many years after uni and into my career am I? Like seven years of working. I like have the sense of ease with work. Like I literally feel like opportunities flow my way with very minimal outward effort. I feel like I'm very secure in the values that I have, in the contribution that I bring to teams, in the way that I think and solve problems. In a way that I think myself, even five years ago, would be like, oh my God, like I didn't know I could get to that stage so quickly because I let go of that, like, I need to hustle all the time and I need to prove my worth. I didn't, I don't need to prove my worth. And maybe someone could argue that comes with time, but I think that's what I like about Gen Z because they have that now already. Like when I see Gen Z on TikTok and when I look at the Gen Z in my team, I'm just like, they are setting boundaries that I was scared to set in three years of working in their first day in the office. Like how? (laughs) Don't work too hard. And ownership. That's a whole nother conversation. But I think as we spoke about through like side hustles and entrepreneurship, I definitely think for women, those are incredible avenues for you to gain confidence and also possibly earn more and develop more skills because the ownership that you get when you own something, whether that's a business or a blog or a YouTube channel or Etsy page or a Vincent page, like that is really incredible. And that feeling is what I love. And I want a lot of other women love as well. Yeah. Oh, amazing. We love that. Oh, thank you so, so much. Before we wrap, where can people connect with you, join NYT Network, um, follow your journey? Yes, um, I'll share my link trees um, with Jazz, but you can connect with me. I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram. Um, and same with the Now You're Talking Network, literally Now You're Talking Network um, on all those platforms or at NYT Network. Um, and I'm at Millennial Mary A. But yeah, if you're passionate about fintech careers, community building, female empowerment, I'm really here for having a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your journey, getting into all the topics today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Anytime. Thanks, Jazz. Don't forget to reach out with any gems you took away. My DMs and inbox are always open and waiting to hear. And if you liked this episode, you should probably join the crew. So sign up to the Monday Memo to get weekly messages that put you back at the center of your ambitious career. With passion-filled musings created to educate and inspire, you'll have everything you need to fuel your ambitious career this year. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.